Hello, this is Richard Russell, and welcome to Creativity and Composition. First, thanks out there for all of you who have been listening and sending me notes, especially out there to Bruce and Chris. It's very much appreciated. If you haven't sent me a note and would like to send me your thoughts, you can reach me at my website, www.rdrussell.com. That's R-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the four elements of music. Uh, The four elements of music is something I've been hearing about since eighth grade music class, so I'm sure you've been hearing about that all along, too, and this is not a new topic for you. But I want to talk about some considerations about these four elements of music. When I was researching the show, I went back to the source, Aaron Copeland, from his famous book, What to Listen for in Music, This book was originally published in 1957 and is still in print. And in this book, Copeland stated that the four elements of music are rhythm, melody, harmony, and tone color. Now, as a composer, I don't claim to know more than Aaron Copeland, but I am inclined to think something is missing here. In fact, there might be a few items missing here, each of which could take on the role of the fifth element. Uh, No, wait, I think that was a movie by Bruce Willis, uh, The Fifth Element. That's... That's the one where uh, Mila Jovovich ran around in the whole movie wearing just a a white band-aid, if I remember correctly. But anyway, there are a few items that might get some attention as to what could be the fifth element of music, and we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about melody first. I don't want to spend too much time on each of these individual elements, as Copeland's book is still in print and is an interesting read. I can recommend it. But just to review as a means to get into what I really want to talk about today. So melody is what we whistle in our head as we go out for a walk and uh, when we get some kind of song stuck in our head that we just can't get out of our heads. That's usually the melody that we're thinking of. Personally, I'm a pretty big fan of melody. I think that's where the audience most easily rests its hat. You know, when you go in and sit down and put your feet up. Uh, That's the melody that you're listening to. Terrific melodies can be found everywhere. But think about the first movement of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. For those of you who know the score, um, the opening melody is pretty simple. It's barely there. It's just a a G-sharp repeated. It's not one of those kinds of melodies that you go out and hum and whistle a lot, but it's still very much a melody, and it's right there. So as a composer or a listener, Consider the melodies you hear. How are they alike and how are they different? Are they very active melodies or not? Melody can be so very deeply important and yet so very different from piece to piece. Okay, let's take harmony uh, again with Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. All of those opening measures before we get to the melody up to that G-sharp melody, all of those opening measures are just harmony. They're gorgeous arpeggiated chords but they are nothing more than harmony. Up to the 20th century, music was said to have a key, uh, some sort of tonal center, and Wagner started moving away from all that, introducing notes that didn't belong into the chord, or refusing to resolve harmonies in, in an expected way. And really, after Wagner, the history of music foundered somewhat as composers struggled to find some way to say, what's next? Uh, what's next was the 12-tone composition, uh, serial, chromatic, uh, composition, they asked essentially why have one tonal center be more important than any other tonal center? Why not have all 12 notes of the chromatic scale be equally as important as the next? 
All right, next up is rhythm. Rhythm is tricky. I suppose the easiest way to think of rhythm is in terms of different dances. You can have a 3-4 oom-pa-pa or a 2-4 foxtrot or a 4-on-the-floor disco beat. But rhythm can also be incredibly complex. You can shift meters at will. You can have different instruments coming in and out of the orchestra in different rhythms, uh, creating some huge polyrhythm. You can have all kinds of syncopation going on where every instrument sounds like it's going to fall apart all by itself, but together it sounds wonderful. Tone color is Copeland's fourth element, and I think this is where Copeland starts to lose his way, at least the way he argues his case in his book. I think we have a divergence of opinion here, because personally I prefer to think of texture rather than tone color. Now some people might say that we're uh, talking about the same thing, but you know, tone color is how a violin and a clarinet playing the same note have a different color. If you put the two together and play the same note at the same time, you have yet a third color. And certainly this is something very important for composers to consider as they complete orchestrations. But still, I prefer the word texture, and here's why. Take a solo piano score, for instance. You can take a uh, Chopin Nocturne and compare it with a Rhapsody by Liszt, for instance. It's the same instrument and the same potential of tone color, but the textures are completely different. By the same token, if you take a Mozart string quartet and compare it with a Webern string quartet, it's not just the harmonies that sound so different, and it's not quite the tone color that's different either. It's the textures that are different. And there's yet a fifth element that is really missing from Copeland's uh, thesis, I would say. But before we get to that, let me ask you to consider what of these four elements you consider to be the strongest in your own compositions. Are you a rhythmic composer? Is melody your gift? Maybe harmony, maybe tone color, maybe um, textures are something that you really enjoy using. What is important to you? What comes easiest to you? What about writing music do you like the most? For me personally, I find melody to be no problem at all. I can write melodies all day and be happier and happier with each one. Maybe you have a particular harmonic language that you like to use and that you're very comfortable with. All right, so then the obvious flip question to this is, which of these four elements is weakest for you? That's something to think about. And here's something else to think about, uh, a little exercise for you when you, next time you go to a concert, and not just of new modern concert music either, you can include Bach or the White Stripes, anyone really, ask yourself, uh, what are you enjoying uh, about this particular piece? Uh, which of these four elements is being used in a way that you do like or don't like? Maybe a particular piece is all melody, but the harmony is just blah. Uh, maybe the entire piece has no rhythmic vitality. Or if you want to consider texture, maybe the piece just has too much pounding or plodding. And, you know, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Ask yourself what's working and what isn't working. And think about your own compositions now. Perhaps some pieces you've written already or are writing now. How do these elements fit into your own style? Okay, so back to that question of which of these elements is weakest for you. I'll ask you to stretch a bit and consider trying to write a short, maybe one-page piece that explores something that you think is a weaker element for you. Choose any instrumentation you like, maybe a solo flute if you'd like to explore your melodic side. Or if you'd like to work on rhythm, maybe a bass drum solo or a short piano piece. 
You know, think about something that makes you angry and tap out a rhythm on the table. Try an angry rhythm with one hand and maybe both and maybe back and forth and listen. Is that anger being captured in your rhythms? Is it vital? Is it musical? Or think about birds singing to each other in the trees uh, if you were perhaps writing a melodic flute piece as a, a little bit of an exercise. Or think about how you might say, I love you to a loved one. How might you say I love you to your girlfriend or husband uh, in a way that's different than how you might say it to your mother or grandparents? Uh, you would certainly use a different kind of melody, a different kind of language. These are all things to think about and explore to get connected to your emotions and using them in a realm of these four elements of music. Now, if it's texture or color you need to stretch out with, let me share one of my experiences with you. I remember reading a review of U2's album Aktung Baby many years ago when it first came out, and the reviewer stated something to the effect that U2 might have potentially dissolved into being just another pop band, but with this album they found their liberation in noise. And that's a phrase that has stuck with me over the years. They weren't using traditional guitar-based drum anymore. They were opening themselves up to entirely new sonic realms. Radiohead is also good. Radiohead uses all kinds of different textures and colors. And on the more classical side, you can consider the works of Penderecki and his contemporaries, or consider the use of electronic elements, such as found in John Adams' uh, On the Transmigration of Souls. I've written a couple of pieces for trombone and electronics, and uh, I'm very anxious to explore more of this. Uh, it really opens up things for you to explore things in a non-traditional way. Now, I have one more consideration here before I wrap up. Years and years ago, at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, there was a major exhibition of paintings by an artist by the name of Robert Ryman, R-Y-M-A-N. You can Google his name to see examples of his paintings, but I don't think you would get much good out of doing that from looking at a computer screen. Some people might call it a gimmick, but he paints only with white paint, and something gets lost when you don't see it alive in person. He also doesn't paint pictures of things. He's not a representational artist, so his canvases are full of nothing but white squiggles of brush strokes. So what do we have here? Conceptual art, which is either something you take it or leave it, you like it or you don't. I'm not really such a big fan of conceptual art, but seeing room after room of paintings like this, each a little bit different than the other one, somehow it made a connection for me. When you don't have colors to look at or pictures of anything to look at, you get in real close and you see literally the artist's hand at work. So you can consider these four elements of music and ask yourself, what does it mean if my work doesn't have, say, a melody? Or if I've chosen a piece, uh, a little section here that has a very steady rhythm, it's not rhythmically exciting. The absence of one of these four elements can really play up the presence of one of the other elements. You know, perhaps you'll have a very rhythmic section or a very melodic section, but missing some of the other elements, and therefore it's more accented. Just remember in your compositions that you want to be in control of how you mix and match these elements. Be aware of it in your own compositions and be aware of it in other compositions, both by established composers you admire and maybe even in composers you might not admire so much. Uh, not to say that I do or do not admire Philip Glass, but consider his uh, minimalist style. What of these elements is missing in his style? Does it work or does it not work for you personally? Stay tuned to what you react to emotionally and viscerally, both for good and for bad, and see where it takes you.
Now I have one big further element to talk about, and it is indeed a biggie. Can you guess what it is? Well, here's a hint. It's also in Copeland's book, and it takes up half of his book. But we're out of time today, so we'll leave that for the next podcast. I do appreciate your feedback, folks. You can reach me at www.rdrussell.com. That's R-D-R-U-S-S-E-L-L.com, where you'll find my email, some samples of my scores, etc., etc., etc. Until next time, this is Richard Russell with Creativity and Composition saying, keep creating.